Ladies and gentlemen, it's been two-ish long months, but now your two favorite, presumably favorite hosts uh, have regrouped and we're back with another series of Voice of Empyro. Um, uh, Marco, say something, please. And we are back. We have regrouped. We are reorganized, and uh, we'll be back. The the war has not ended, guys. Yeah, that's that's right. The war hasn't ended, and by that we're of course referring to the war <laughs> are, of the job market. We are back. We don't give up. Yeah, and Christmas, we're not... Christmas and New Year. We survived from Christmas and New Year, and we are back now. We stronger did get than COVID. Before. I did I get didn't. COVID. Marco I didn't might yet, have yet. it. Yeah. <laughs> Not yet. Uh, it's not my turn yet. <laughs> We've all basically got COVID, but we're we're back and we're okay. Um, <laughs> and uh, today we're going to be speaking about teaching quality in the MIR, as well as whether one should do a thesis or an internship as their capstone, and also just our opinions about universities in general. We're going to get everything off our chest about university. Now that we've completely finished it. Yeah. Now that we are done, we can talk about even uncomfortable things. No, I'm kidding. But yeah. So what do you think about the quality of teaching we had at the, during the M, our MIR degree, in your I, opinion? In my opinion, I was not particularly surprised um, at what the teaching was like. I would say it was generally very good. And... You could end the podcast right here. That's that's all you need to know. It was, it was good. Um, I think that everyone struggled with the online format somewhat. I yeah. think it's a very big, different skill. Yeah. A very and big, also, di- yeah. We need to, uh, to think that like students needed to adapt, but at the same time, also professors needed to adapt to you. Like they, they have never taught online as well so there was a double adaptation between both you know yeah so like sometimes you know you consider the like teaching online like learning from like online university just a one-way thing just that uh, students have to learn and that's it you have to learn how to use you know how to study online but at the same time teacher and professors have to do the same thing, which is not, it, it might be even harder, to be honest. I think there's, um, there's one, uh, there's definitely some responsibility that students have in making the experience as, like, as okay as possible. But yeah, yeah uh, some teachers adapted pretty poorly. Uh, other teachers adapted better and yeah, like everything you know like yeah like everything in life you know like but yeah i agree with your point that like it should be your like it's more uh, your responsibility that has to you know you need to adapt like this like these circumstances were extraordinary but it's also up to you to adapt to the circumstances so i think are still some people like we still had i think especially us we still had some like still ha- we still had that decent uh, uh, university experience even though like 
it was fully online for two years, basically. What do you think? Uh, we, we did. And I don't necessarily think that it was amazing um, in that. No, like it's, of yeah, course. It was, but yeah, we, we adapted. It yeah, was, the one, yeah, yeah, it was good. I don't want to say that it was amazing. I agree with you. But at the same time, like we didn't, I would say, give up. I mean, like we didn't accept the mm. the situation, and we just tried to to do as much as we could for what we possibly what we could possibly do. You know, you made me think a lot about like the the different attitudes that people get in lockdowns. Um, yeah, about mm. like the, there's those who try and make it as like legally that is within what they're allowed to do they make it as less of a lockdown as they can and then there's those who sort of assume that they have to stay in their bedroom for like the entire yeah um, i completely agree with you and yeah. also this thing i think we could notice this thing also throughout the mir like yes. there was a bunch of people who was trying to you know be in contact with other students and uh, you know connect even though like we couldn't go to university but it was very active whereas like there was another bunch of people who completely gave up socially speaking like yeah. like i know that they were doing the mir just because they could see their name on the zoom like on on class during zoom but that's it apart from that like it's safe to say there was no engagement group of people didn't enjoy life as much as the the other group who did engage more mm. yeah with is this yeah. is this going into our like wisdom for the for the next no i mean i don't know if uh, if Turn your I cameras don't know on, if, guys i don't know if if they enjoy i they might have enjoyed but you know they might have enjoyed only specific things maybe just being being class and that's it maybe they didn't enjoy i don't i just assume in their social side because they they could they didn't attend any social event or whatever from what we they could you know like there wasn't yeah. much stuff but yeah making I, a distinction here from the people who were stuck overseas and couldn't attend any social yeah, events because no, of that yeah of course that, yeah. yeah of course yeah this is another chapter of people being stuck overseas it will it's even different but yeah still you know like um, yeah so i think they did they did enjoy, I think, I assume, but in a different way. That's it. So this is my opinion. It's very, yeah. uh, very generous opinion to have. I think. Um, back generous, to the yeah. generous because I like, uh, I like this adjective. It it makes me think that like there's there's definitely some people who I, I get the feeling they just did not enjoy much of it at all. Like they, they didn't like the fact that uni was online. They also didn't go out of their way to try and improve things for themselves, like go to any of the social events. And um, but the, do we, uh, of course we're not gonna mention anyone. But do, like, what's in your opinion? Like, what what is what was the percentage of people who didn't like um, like the MIR at all? Like within the MIR. Do you have um, like an idea or? Not? I don't have like a, I mean, I can't really quantify it, but I'm thinking more of those who just didn't seem to enjoy many of the classes and also didn't seem to like 
socialize that much. My just my assumption there is that they didn't have a good time. Maybe they had of having a great time in talking mainly about 2021 more than 2020 here. Maybe they were off just doing um, various other things in their lives and were having a good time. And uni was more of a an afterthought for them of just oh yeah, I've got my assignments to do. Oh yeah, you know, got this online class, but they didn't really engage with the community much. But I'm thinking that. Uh, more of those who were like they didn't have much going on but maybe because lockdown had um sort of thrown off their life life cycle life schedule a little bit and and so they're they're not doing much because they're still used to being in lockdown even though it's uh, well we had lockdowns last year as well so that didn't help yeah to some yeah 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 i think yeah i still like uh like at the moment we are recording this episode in January and I still feel like lockdown have like these two years have really impacted the society. Yeah. Like I can see the aftermath, the aftermath of, of, you know, two years of lockdown and pandemic, even though now it's kind of normalized has been, of course, we are in a very bad, way better situation, not case-wise, but in terms of, you know, restriction and whatever. But still, I think many people have this, uh, like, not lockdown attitude, but they are, like, I think there's more aware, awareness of, you know, being, like, to, like, being socially, like, like, there's, I, what I want to say, I think there's more awareness of possible restrictions and other things. So I think still, even right now, I think social events are still limited. In yeah, general, people are cautious. Uni- uni- yeah, people are still cautious, very cautious. Yeah. Even though, like, pretty much we have normalized. Like, there are not many restrictions at the moment, apart from face mask and, yeah. and uh, Daniel Andrews press conferences and that's it yeah those uh th- those were exciting times in 2020 um tuning yeah. into the into the abc daniel andrews press conference broadcast yeah it was the highlight yeah. of the day every it, day the 11 a.m the mini yeah. event was like the entire country stood still and by country i mean victoria because we are a country yeah yeah we're we don't have independence yet but someday um hopefully i don't get assassinated for saying that um teaching quality let's come back to teaching quality i think like melbourne uni has always had good teachers and lecturers and uh so on they've always has been um not every Every. lecturer but uh the majority of lecturers were always great as far as i've seen and i think yeah that held true for the mir um they they had very good knowledge and were very good at conveying it and making it understandable. Um, I think where the quality waned a little bit was those who recorded lectures versus um, yeah, hundred percent like ran Zoom meetings. Um, yeah, I had one class like this, and uh, time to week I changed the class. You know, yeah, like I couldn't stand like I couldn't accept that to be honest, like. Uh, you know, I, even, uh, you know, like I don't want to put in like money wise, but 
paying the same amount of fees for a pre-recorded lecture rather than a live lecture, even if it's online, I think it's not, it's not fair. So that's why I change it. Yeah, I think it's safe to say that. Uh, even before the pandemic, there was um, a lot of aspects, well, maybe not a lot, but a few aspects about university life and the university's to- culture that weren't, I would say, were not entirely fair. Um, yeah, and uh, to be honest, yeah, that's if I have to complain or rant, whatever. Like, like I think it's very like, like the University of Melbourne. Like, I think it should not accept this kind of uh, you know classes. You know, like especially because they care about yeah. rankings or whatever the reputation overseas or I, wherever. I think they know that they can get away with. Um, like, I think. Letting the quality dip because the brand. A good thing, but like for example, I come like my bachelor was in Italy, and like I can see that professor have not much control and power of classes. You know, like professor in Italian university have to comply with a certain set of rules established by university. Whereas here, I think it's opposite. I mean, of course, university dictates rules. But uh, still, professor has a lot of room to, you know, to structure their courses, and and I think I think it's a good thing. But at the same time, I think the university should be a little bit more assertive and controlling, a little bit, you know. I think a balance should be good, you know. But hey, Marco, what's your yeah. opinion on dictator Dan? He's um, uh, the best. Yeah, he's the best. Yeah, he's the yeah, best. Yeah, uh, yeah. I want I want him as a rector of the University of Melbourne. I I want him as a rector of all universities in Victoria. As the director of every institution in sure. the entire land, dictator <laughs> Dan, the greatest. We're not talking about Daniel Andrews, by the way, the Premier of Victoria, the State of Victoria. No, we're talking about dictator Dan, the dictator of. Um, yeah. The, uh, the very fascist Republic of Tasmania. It I've became done. a republic around the beginning of 2003. Yeah. And it is, uh, and then it sort of descended into um, kind of corporate authoritarian um, modeled uh, sort of fascist regime. So, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. And, uh, but I like James Merlino. So maybe yeah, more than he, dictator than. He seems like a nice man. Yeah, James he's Merlino. a nice man. He, he seems like I saw him in Parliament back in 2014, and I'm not actually making this up. I really did see him in Parliament in 2014. Very passionate man. He seems, yeah, yeah. He seems a good bloke. Seems you like know? a good bloke. Yeah, he seems like um, a good bloke. Yeah. Anyway, so going back to teaching quality, I think, yeah, that's. I think it's good, but I think university, like, it should be a little bit more structured to me. But at the same time, I can understand many other people that can counter argue and say, you know, like it's good that like it gives variety, you know, and innovation of quality of teaching as well. But yeah, to me, this is my view. I mean, like we don't we don't actually understand how to run a university or a big institution. I'm sure there's lots of nuances and um yeah 100 percent like all these things that you would if you suddenly were put in the position as the dean or whoever's the whatever the head role is and then you would realize oh my goodness it's actually very complicated that being said i still really don't like how 
expensive the subjects are for international students i think yeah it's just i no. just think it's greed it's, to a point it's greed you know yeah it's uh infamous to me no infamous maybe it's too much but yeah like yeah there's some kind of uh discrimination of course economically speaking but it's still a, a, a discrimination to me yeah you know? we're, we're turning My... turning into a very sort of social justice podcast here yeah yeah <laughs> no the thing is uh like i Ah, yeah, it's kind of an economic discrimination. You pay more based on your nationality, like a different nationality. Like to me, is a discrimination. I, I remember, um, like, like on what you're saying, uh, I was it was year twelve, and I just finished the oral exam uh, for German, uh, year twelve German, and the one of the German teachers who, before teaching at my high school, he was like teaching in university, right. and. He, I think he still did by the time I started. Anyway, and he was saying how like a um, a Chinese student like cannot fail because of the like the the money yeah. that they pay or something like that. And he, he he mentioned specifically Chinese students. I I honestly don't know if this is true. It sounded kind of anecdotal, but no. Um, but of course, when there are such high fees, you know that. No, I, I don't think they yeah. cannot fail or even at uni. I don't think people cannot fail, but of course it's a very big elephant in the room if yeah. they cannot fail, you know? I think, uh, I mean, this again, this is like a um, a five-year-old conversation, so I, I don't remember exactly what we said, but uh, I, I think he was alluding to if you, um, uh, if you fail a certain number of international students from a country um it could seem like you're you could get a lot of anger yeah from, i mean uh, because yeah, of what I they're agree. paying for the degree yeah i agree that's why i think the like the overall quality is good but i i don't think it's a very hard thing to yeah. to like pass class pass uh you know what i mean like i don't think it's hard to at the end to pass subjects it's very easy to make like, yeah. Now, look, we are like, talking mainly from an arts perspective. It's probably yeah. different in something like um, yeah. a master but, of accounting or in yeah. you know bachelor but of biomedicine. I, I think it's it's fairly easy to pass classes. Yeah. But at the same time, it's fairly hard to um, to fail. Sorry to get to get good good marks. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Um, and. Like especially in arts degrees or art, yeah. sorry, the subjects in arts degrees where a lot of it is um, sort of creative critical thinking. Yeah, I for guess. example, like put it that way. Like to like I did like an art um, bachelor of art, basically. Like it's not this name because it's a different system, but yeah, in Italy where fees are very very low, like basically universities is nearly free. You know, but over there, like they don't care. You know, if you don't pass a class, you don't pass a class. You know, yeah. like it's very, it's way, way more difficult. You know, but of course, at the same time, like the university has not as as much money as University of Melbourne has, so many courses might be very bad. You know, the quality or whatever. Yeah. So, but at the same time, you know, like at the same time. Uh, courses are like 
way way more difficult you know yes. like they they don't care like if you fail they don't care about if you fail or not you know mm. whereas here i think it's a bit more you know it's a bit more they are, they are a bit more mindful of that i think yeah um i don't know if the uh, the recording picked that up but when you said it's a bit more there was this rattling noise so it almost sounds like you were finishing your sentence with a sound effect. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, it was, uh, it, was, it was funny. Um, should we move on to our next topic that we're going to discuss, which is, uh, hang on, uh, the piece of paper I was using as a reference fell on the floor. Ah, uh, I'm a big uh, I'm going to bleep that. Um, so thesis versus the internships. Now, the internship experience, well, uh, you tell us about that first, and then I'll... Yeah, I mean... Uh, uh... Talk about the thesis. Overall, yeah, overall, it was good. It's good if you want to gain some work experience because it's still work. So, like, so you're about to say gain some weight. Like, all right. So, yeah, maybe even <laughs> some weight. If you work in an office and you eat a lot, yeah, yeah, you might. Or if you're you working get, from home. Yeah, 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 the same. Or if you, yeah, no, but apart from that, no, it, it was good. The, the only thing that I didn't find very comfortable was. Uh, all the, um, you know, like paperwork to do, but it's okay. I can understand because the, the university has an insurance, like, which is good. Like, so if you get hurt, you are covered. But at the same time, like, I don't think there wasn't even, there wasn't much like guidance in terms of how to do the portfolio because at the end you have to do a portfolio. Yeah, I'm okay. not sure how you get hurt though in an internship, unless you're doing... I don't know, an internship with the Iranian secret service and then a Mossad yeah. agent appears with maybe like, yeah. um, some brass knuckles. Um, yeah. That's a, and, um, a bit, bit violent. Sorry. No, it's okay. no. And the thing that I didn't really like was the portfolio. Not because, uh, yeah, of course, it's a pain in the boa to do the portfolio. Bleed this. I can, every, every, every uh, swear words. Can you put a boa? To cover up, to cover them up. Oh I yeah, as in, be good. as in what? So just you say boa. Yeah, that's right. Something like that. So yeah. um, do you, do you yeah. want to say it? Do you want me to use your boa or my boa? Uh, maybe we'll record it after, so we'll uh, we'll have a good you, boa. You could just say boa here and then. Okay, I'll... three, two, one, boa. Very good. Okay. Okay. So I think and, I'll keep uh, this in because it's it's uh good. It's it's quality content. So yeah, the thing is, uh, um, I think it wasn't very great, like the portfolio in terms of explaining what to do, you know, because like it's very decentralized, everything. There's a, a guy who's doing the, like the subject coordinator, but at the same time is dealing with so many different courses who do the internship because the internship, it's related to arts in general. So you can get people from criminology, people from like cultural studies and so on. So it's very hard, but and they find it very hard. And indeed I had some problems with the um <clears throat> with the with the writing of the portfolio, but at the end everything went well. But yeah, if I have to say overall it has been very good and it's good if you want to gain experience. And mm. yeah, it looks good on your resume, of course, all these things that everyone knows so yeah and what about you tom uh before we go into the thesis 
I do want to ask, I remember hearing that the university doesn't help you at all in finding the internship or in sourcing it. So uh, I know, understand some places will only accept university interns if it's going to be credited to their university degree in some form. Um, but that leads me to wonder what the, in terms of the experience and actually the likelihood of getting an internship is there really any, does, do you make your chances better by, by doing the internship subject versus simply getting one independently? Um, it doesn't change much. So, yeah. I mean, like if you want to have an, in, an internship by yourself, it's fine. Because That's I think it. there's like, a certain, like a, a kind of feeling of security that comes from doing things through the university. Uh, I guess maybe this isn't super comparable, but for example, going on exchange to experience living in another country for a semester versus when you're working, you know, moving to another country and trying to find, you know, like a, a job there um, for six months or something. Um like you'll feel safer doing it through university because you're in the sort of student bubble. You're in like a, um, yeah, you've, you've got the university almost protecting you in a way, or at least you feel like it. I wonder if like, I know I've certainly felt that way when I was thinking of, do I do a thesis versus the internship? Because I thought, oh, well, if the university, if the course can help me get an internship, that'd be awesome. That'd be a, a foot in the door and the, um, yeah, I just did market. it because of, you know, experience and that's it. I could have, uh, you know, like look for, I mean, it, my experience was different because I was interning at Asia Link, yeah. which is an organization. It's independent, but they are in partnership with the University of Melbourne. So I think being a student of the University of Melbourne was very good. You know, he taught yeah, okay. me a lot. Mm. But yeah, of course, like... If you have time and uh, like many people choose to do the internship with the university also for uh, like time basis as well, like because, you know, they don't want maybe like find maybe they have their own life and then doing four subjects plus an internship, it will be so hard. So they will say, OK, we're going to do just two subjects and uh, and uh, an internship. You know? Yeah, I think time wise, like time is another like thing so yeah and um, what about you in terms of um, like the the minor thesis minor is, is it called minor thesis it, it's right? called a minor thesis now i honestly don't know why it's referred to as a minor thesis uh i mean my supervisor remarked when i said it was twelve thousand words that twelve thousand words is not minor um now the honors thesis i think is fifteen thousand words so if you were to do an honors in i guess international relations or any arts honors um the thesis is fifteen thousand instead of twelve thousand um i think it's also to like you don't ever hear like a, a major thesis or anything i think it's just to maybe differentiate it from the honors one and also a phd um because of, people say phd thesis but it's like a book yeah i think it's just because uh uh, I think it's just because, uh, like, thesis is referred as PhD thesis, minor thesis is like master thesis, yeah. something like that. So all all university jargons aside, the first thing I'll say about the thesis is that the way you get into it, regardless of what your WAM is, you could have the lowest WAM possible. Um, 
is you find a supervisor, preferably a professor who you already know from undergrad or from, uh, I guess, if you get to know them well during the MIR, and you you get you agree with them on a topic, and then you fill out the form and formally apply. Of course, you'll have the emails coming through um, every. Uh, there's like the the one that's you apply in May, and then the one in like October, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah, there's there's two opportunities to apply for the thesis and internship. Um, when you don't have a supervisor and you're requesting a supervisor on the form, that's when they look at your WAM. And if it's not 80, they'll be strict and they'll say, no, you're not going to do this, which really is so stupid because like my WAM was nowhere near 80 and I could do a thesis. Um, it's, it's, it's honestly ridiculous, but that's, seems to be the system that they're going with. And uh, um, so what, what were your takeaways of your experience, your opinion, like your main takeaways? My main takeaway was that you, 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 feel, you do miss out on a lot of the MIR experience because the thesis will end up bringing you the equivalent of, it'll take the equivalent of three subjects and push it into one. So you have minor thesis one and two, semester one and semester two. And you also have the social science research seminar, which is a two week, one or two week long kind of, I think it's just one week, like a boot camp, an intensive boot camp that a, a mixture of recorded lectures and um, live seminars about doing the thesis. And I'm just going to say the tutors for that, or at least the tutor I had for that was not super helpful. Um, did not respond to my emails after the intensive ended and um, ended up giving advice that my supervisor was like, let's not write this way. Anyway, um, depends on the tutor, I suppose. Um, so, so to sum up, yeah. I think the thing that you regret a little bit is uh, that you lost a little bit of classes. Uh, I, I wouldn't say it. I regret it, but I definitely like was aware of it. I was thinking um, this is just the reality of doing a thesis. But the, the great thing about it is that it is your own work. Um, it's very top heavy, top heavy, bottom heavy. It's like you do most of the work for it at the start of the year, like between March, February and April, basically, um, because for the, the research seminar intensive, uh, your assignment for that is a 5,000 word quote unquote proposal. It's effectively like a bit over a third of your thesis. And you can, they say at Melbourne Uni, you can't plagiarize your own work. In this case, you can. You're supposed to effectively turn that document into your thesis going forward into the, the thesis subject. Um, my recommendations is, you know, start researching early and have a clear topic early. Sometimes your supervisor will want to change your topic a little bit. This happened with me. Now it turned out to be okay. I was honestly quite relaxed about it, but it's, it is also good to remember that you, it is your thesis. It's not your supervisors. So you can be a bit pushy if you need to. Um, but yeah, having your own work is fantastic. Um, and I will say though, that the professors who mark the thesis, at least uh, based off what subjects are offered in the MIR, my assumption is they're probably not going to be Asia experts. So if you're doing a thesis that's about Asia, particularly something that's more niche, so mine was about Korea and Australia, South Korea and Australia, um, 
they're going to be looking at it through a very Western lens. So that may potentially impact the mark if it, at least insofar as someone's interpretation of your work and their, um, like what standards they have will impact your mark. Um, you yeah, don't I like, think, yeah, sorry. No, you go, sorry. Uh, like you don't have, you're not meant to mark something based off your opinion on it in university in, in arts. It's, it's not meant to be how it is. Um, it's like, but if you don't, if someone doesn't understand your, the, like your contents as much as someone else would, this person who understands it better will have a better idea of how to market in my opinion, at least. Um, yeah. yeah. So I think overall, like to summarize the two point of view, like the two things, the two the different things, I think is important to point out. I mean, I think the I think the thing that we agree, but we both agree is I think having a DMIR just with subjects, mm. I think is a bit uh, like not boring, but like not too exciting, especially yeah. for a master's degree. I think for a master's degree is important to do either the internship or the, the thing, because otherwise I think it's too much. Like you don't get too many skills. I, at least, you know, I got skills from work and you got research skills as yeah. well. So what do, do you agree with my I statement? I would definitely agree. And I would also say that if you're interested in, if you at least want to have the door open, open for like academia later on, um doing either well if you've done honors you don't have to worry about that but um if you yeah if you do the minor thesis um eventually doing a phd is much easier and by doing a phd you would at least after suffering for about five years you basically make yourself employable like it's it's basically a book that says you should employ me and this is why and you can read it um so it, and, it, it's Tom, probably a useful thing yeah, to have eventually. I agree. Yeah. And so overall, yeah, what I would recommend to anyone who is going to start to do something, something, it's not extra, but to not do only subjects. And yeah. uh, moving on to like, what was your overall opinion of the MIR course from like a perspective of a person who finished two, a month ago? Like, what would you say about that? I would say it is a pretty good course. I honestly think that it's possible for the, like the overall job market to change even in government and make the MIR potentially obsolete. This is my, this is sort of a gut feeling that I have. Um, I think that the MIR lacks a bit in terms of soft skills. It's, and I don't think this is like the IR part of it. I think this is the Melbourne part of it. I think that, Melbourne University is very academic focused and well, of course it's a university, you'd expect it. Um, but in contrast to what I've heard about RMIT where they're much more focused on, at least in undergrad, in getting you into the job market, um, Melbourne might be too far the other way where there's not enough avenues into out of the bubble and into the industry that you want to go into. Um, like when we've been talking to uh, Margarita and the others who've, um, you know, they've, they've gone into like, you know, their, their various pathways, such as, you know, Margarita working for Amnesty and so on. It's it's always sounded like they've really had to go 
go on their own a lot, like in, in st- rather than having a bit of maybe yeah. an easier transition from university to the workforce. I think yeah. it's possible that, um, especially with the online setting of the subjects, taking away from the appeal of it, um, like th- there's maybe aspects of the course that are, could become obsolete in terms of getting a job. Um, I think yeah. the, the subjects should probably... Um, Melbourne Uni professors, please, take notes. Boah! <laughs> <laughs> I just, just put a big boah there. Um, I think the the assignments that you get, like policy briefs, um, where you have to... Anything where you have to simulate actually writing what you'd write in, in a job, I think those are probably much better. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, and um, I agree, but uh, at the same time, I somewhat disagree with you in terms of the soft skills. I think, conversely, I think that Marble Union is very good in terms of giving you soft skills. Okay. The thing that are missing are hard skills. Like, it's actually learning how to do a job, you know? Like they don't, they do not teach you. But uh, I, I, at least in my case, oh, maybe that's what I meant. Maybe I didn't yeah, use soft yeah, maybe, correctly. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so too because we, yeah. that's why we need I think Wendy it's here very to tell us strong in terms skills of are. soft skills. Yeah, I, I, but like I think you potentially are very adaptable. Like mm. in, in the dem- after the master of MIR, whereas like, but it doesn't form you to a specific job you know, which yeah. can be seen as a good point or a bad point, as a bad point in one hand, but as a good point in the other hand, because now the job market is constantly is constantly changing. Yeah. And maybe having done a, a degree who teach you how to be adaptable might be good instead of maybe doing an accounting job that when maybe robots will replace accountant you are basically fucked yeah it's so hard to know exactly what the changes yeah i think as long as you do something you like and you put passion on it i think so uh i think it's good and going back to the question whether i like it or not i think i really enjoyed because like i like ir in general and uh, so i could enjoy the course even though it was online so i would say yes of course like it could have been way better I'm not gonna like say I'm not gonna um, lie. I'm not gonna cover it with sugar. Yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna cover it with sugar, but maple overall, syrup, like a big pancake. Right. I don't really like pancakes. Oh, They're too yeah. Anglo-Saxon. And on that note, thank you for listening to uh, the first episode of 2022 of the Voice of Empire, and we'll catch you next week for when we talk about how really cooked the Vietnam War was. Thank you, guys. See you soon.